morning, good morning, good morning, Lake House Church. This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you, Dino. Let's see if everyone else. This is the day the Lord has made. That's right. Every morning that we awake, we make a choice in how we're going to spend that day, whether we're going to glorify God or glorify the little God of this world. And I choose to glorify my chosen Savior and Redeemer. We have a great message today. I have one or two real quick announcements before I introduce our speaker today. Uh, one, Adrian mentioned that or asked that the Pace team is going to be in the back, and if you have a teenager, they would like to meet you to talk uh, just to get your name and phone number because one of the blessings of having the Pace team people, the team here, is that they, as a part of their um, responsibilities, will be mentoring. Um, two or three students each. And this is an opportunity. Rarely do you get an opportunity for your, your, uh, your, your student to be mentored. We have friendships. We have a casual acquaintances. But mentoring is a, a leading and guiding and directing. And I, I, I could think of so many teenagers that need a mentor in their life right now. And so I'd like for you to go and, and introduce yourself, let them know um, uh, if if there's a teenager, it, maybe they're not even in your home. Maybe it's it's a, a niece or a nephew or such. I'd love for you to meet the Pace team. They'll be lined up in the very back. Also, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much Tuesday night for coming out and helping paint. Uh, we had a great time, and uh, we we did. Uh, we had eight men. We had eight doors, and we we got it taken care of uh, in a in a right time. But one of the other things uh, Tuesday night, I know it's not our normal meeting night, but Corey. And I were just talking, and, and um, I offered to, he needs about two or three men. We, we don't need a, a big group, but we're going to be finishing putting the flooring in in the room before uh, the studio gets started with the school year. And he's, he's tired, and he's worn out. And whenever the body is tired, the other part of the body comes in and takes care of him. So if you are available at 6.30 on Tuesday night, um, it's the it's pretty much the easy lay-in floor. It locks in, but we need two or three. Would you let Corey know that you'd be able to come? That way um, we can be a blessing to the studio. They have been a blessing to us, and we love Angie and Corey mightily. We, we love all the message that this studio has to give. Today, uh, we're still continuing in on the real followers, and um, the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that all of us have gifts and callings. And, and I, I am, I'm a firm believer that all of the gifts and callings need to be manifested and brought out in believers. Now, there are gifts and callings in my life, and then there are special gifts and callings in your life. For example, if I were to say, today I'm going to teach you about worship, and I would not even have talked with, with Dino or Matt or any of the worship team, then I'm pulling from my own experience, not from their gifts and their callings. Do you understand? So if I were going to teach you about worship, the smartest thing that I could do as your pastor is turn it over to one of the worship team members. If I were going to be teaching on missions, I would go and find some of our missionaries and say, I want you to share your heart on what God is talking about missions. Because see, not everything has to flow through the pastor. You see, when it becomes that personality-centered, that is, there's an endangerment. Okay, The body needs to flow so when it comes to an area of expertise, I go to that person. And I want to tell you that uh, we have known Greg and Sherry for many, many years. Sherry is a prayer warrior. Sherry is also a prophetic voice. Sherry has spoken into Chris and I's life uh, before seasons changed, if you understand what I'm saying. She has given us words of knowledge saying there's a change that's about to happen. And lo and behold, it happened because God cares and loves for us. And so, Sherry, um, I went to her and I said, Sherry, I'd love for you to talk uh, about prayer because if you've been coming to corporate prayer, she's been teaching a little bit about this at uh, 10 uh, in the rooms at 1010. We, we pray from 1010 to 1030 uh, for the service, for churches, for the body of Christ, for missions, our state, our nation. And uh, even Austin made a statement this week. He goes, Dad, if Sherry just preaches a little bit what she's been teaching, it's going to be a phenomenal Sunday. And so I'm believing that we are going to be taught, um, we are going to be changed by the Word of God, and I want you to welcome Miss Sherry Heinzman as our speaker today. Do what? She says, that's my mama. Wow, what a 
Oh, I got to meet up to all that now. Lord, help me now. I have to have my glasses because I can't see. I am so pleased to be able to... I can't even see y'all out there. I'm, I feel like I'm preaching to a ghost. <laughs> but I, I... Do what? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. That's right, Dino. You know, that is, that is really... Uh, Precious is what Mark said. I see Kristen and Mark as such precious, precious people of God. And we're so blessed to have them as our pastors. And, you know, really anything that, that good that came out of the things that have happened between us, that word of the Lord, it's God. He cares about us people. He really does care about us. And, you know, when we learn to care about people the way God cares about people, there is no limit to what we can actually accomplish. And that's what I'm here to tell you today is that it's not we in and of ourselves, but it's God who can accomplish all these things that pays people are trying to accomplish all over the world. And the Lord has made it really relevant to me that, you know, through the years, I've been a Christian for 30 years now, since 1979. I came to the Lord when I was 16 years old. And my prayer, Dino, was exactly what you said this morning. Lord, I really have messed up my life. And I don't think I can fix it or make it any worth anything. And so I asked the Lord, I said, God, if you can take this life that you've given and make something of it for your kingdom, I'm, I'm signing on. I'm signing up. And that's when I signed up. And I'm telling you, the transformation that took place was only by the work of the Holy Spirit. I am a hard-headed person. <laughs> you will find out that I am determined. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to have to die in order not to get it done. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I love the Lord and, and I love His work. I love His kingdom and I love His people. It is such a blessing to be here with each one of you because I'm telling you, I heard Francis, Francis, pardon? No, it's an older one than that, Rachel. It goes way back to my YWAM days back in the 80s. Uh, Paul, you might be able to help me. No, not Schaefer. I like to give credit to credits due. But she used to say that God put people in her life like a bouquet of flowers. And I see each one of you, each one of you, play a huge part in making that bouquet. Cochran, I don't know what kind of flower you are yet, but I know that God put you in my home for a reason. And it's not just a one-sided thing. I believe that the Lord has placed people in our lives for a reason. It's a two-way street. Relationships are two ways. And there is a blessing that I'm going to receive and expect from God by you being in my home. And it's going to come because you're there. And vice versa. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what the body of Christ is about. That's what we're here to do. We're here to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to make each other strong. So why? So we can go into the world and make a difference. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, real followers know that it takes prayer. Because that is the basis of our relationship. I told you my testimony very quick, short. It happened, the transformation happened, when I kneeled down and humbled myself and said, I'm nothing, and God, you're everything. If you can't get to that place, I was, I was ministering to a friend of mine. I'm, the preach is coming. Do you see it? Okay. I was ministering to a friend of mine. I just walk around this world in a cloud sometimes, and the cloud in the line is very apparent, apparent to me. And sometimes I can't find the line, Paul, so I'm just in the cloud. And so I'm walking around, and I'm just looking. I'm a seer. I like to see things, and I look for things in people. I look for God's opportunity in people. And I'm like, it's just I'm hungry to see God in everything that I do with you. So if you talk to me, we'll talk about God. We'll talk about you and God. We'll talk about God and all those in your life. You know, and so it's like we're going to lift him up. We're going to put him up on a pedestal. We're going to lift him up in our lives. Because guess what happens after that happens? Everything falls into place. 
Matthew said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I'm not even going by my notes. This is just out of my heart, flowing out. And Lynn, pray for me so I know what's going to happen. <laughs> I've got the Lynn preach on now. So I love her. She's so precious. When you talk to her one-on-one, she's so sweet. And then when she got up and preached, I thought, there's substance there. That's, that's a heart that knows God. That's a heart that knows God. Oh, I love you, Liam. I, <laughs> I know Paul does, too. He's very thankful for her. He, ver- he should be. He very well should be. Okay. So where I was going is that, uh, what was I saying, Paul? Yes, walking in the clouds. Just, just looking for Jesus. You know, He is coming back. Amen. Do you not know that, people? Seriously. And the work to be done here needs to get done. Why are we here? Why can't we just go and be with Jesus? Because there are people in this world who don't know Him and need to know Him. How are we going to get that accomplished? I'm going to tell you one of the ways is through prayer. If you can't pray about it, I would question whether you should be doing it. Okay? Because you're going to get the heart of God when you go to prayer. Amen? You're going to grow and you're going to learn how to pray when you go to Him. It's a funny thing. I teach speed reading and I have students come to me and they don't like to read. And I teach them to love to read. And they come to me and I, they say, oh, I know. I'd learn to read if I'd read. And I said, that's true. But I'm going to give you something to love about reading. And then you'll continue to love reading. I'm going to give you something to love about God. And then, hopefully, you'll continue to love Him. It's by the love of God that He compels us to come. Amen? It's not by Him telling me, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. Do you hear that, people? Hear what the voice of God is saying today. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. I'm calling you to come to me, He says. He says, come unto me, you who are heavy and, and heavy laden, burdened down. This world gets that way sometimes, doesn't it? Fran and Bill had babies in their house. That was not the stage they wanted babies in their house. <laughs> they were forced to go to God. Amen, Bill? Yeah, because when our weakness he can become strong. It has to. It's a it's a cycle of life thing, okay. So, but we need to love God with all of our heart. One of my favorite people is David, and I look at David's life. And was he perfect? Absolutely not. But God said about David that he had a heart to a, a heart after God. I want to be known as a person who says, you want to know what God's thinking? You want to know what God says about you? Go see Sherry because she loves God. But I want you to be that person because I can't do it by myself like Pastor Mark says. It can't be just me. It has to be all of us together. And the gifts and callings and the purposes in God in our life are, are special in each one. I look at Kathy back here, Kathy Nelson. She's real sweet and she struggles in her health. But there's so much Kathy offers, so much. She hosp- she's hospitable towards the teenagers. They love going to her house. That's a gift. That is truly a gift. Sometimes the best gifts, you're not saying anything. And I would, I would wager to say that prayer is one of those gifts that we can give to others. I, I believe that God has a special... Um, recognition for us when we go to Him in prayer for others and accomplish much in those prayers that we don't see. You and I won't see it. You and I won't see it at all. But when we get to heaven, Katie barred the door. Jesus is going to brag on us. And I'm going to be so embarrassed, I hope. I hope I'm so... Sharon Berry, my friend Sharon Berry back there, I hope God embarrasses me. To no end. I hope I, I hope I just make him gloat because of my prayer life privately in my own home. I'll tell you an example of happened to me one time. This is a this is a type of prayer that's called intercessory prayer. I don't know what you guys know, what you don't know. You may be so young you don't even know what prayer is, and I'm going to talk about that. 
But um, one time, the Lord, what, uh, there was a period of time, let me back up, let me back up. For about 10 years now, before I met Pastor Mark and Kristen, the Lord said, I want you to sit back on the back burner. Now, you know me, that is hard to do. But when God calls you to do something, what do you want to do? You want to please Him. You want to do what He wants you to do. You want to do whatever it is God says to do. If He says to stand up in a clown suit and do a jig, you'll do that. And I've done it. Okay? I was a missionary in Mexico with YWAM. And I wore a clown suit. Yes, I did. And I preached to the little children in Mexico. And for those of you who are older and been around for a long time, they called me Tammy Faye Baker. Do you know who that is? Bless her heart. I'm telling you, she would cry on television. Now, it's not my job to say whether it was real or not, nor is it yours. But I'm going to tell you, I think she loved God. I don't doubt that. Did she make mistakes? Yes. Did Debbie make mistakes? Yes. Do we make mistakes? Yes. There's grace and there's mercy and there's love and you're forgiven and move on and be powerful in, the, in, in Christ, okay? <laughs> That's what it's about. So when we were in Mexico, I did that. I, did, I made a fool of myself for Jesus. And I had a little Brazilian guy that jerked me all over the stage. <laughs> Bless his heart. But God asked me to sit back. And he asked me to sit back and not be in the limelight anymore. And that's okay. I'm used to that now. I, I, it's hard for me to do that because I, when I walk into a room, it's, it's not quiet. But I'm okay with that because God made me the way I am. And He does not make any mistakes. And if you're quiet, be quiet for God. It's okay. You be the person God made you to be, and you'll be happy, and I'll be happy, and everybody will be happy. And believe me, God is powerful enough. He can tell me to sit down and be quiet. So, He did. For eight years, He asked me to sit back and just pray. Wow. That's tough. It's very tough, but I learned so much from the Holy Spirit. I want to recognize right now, the Holy Spirit is God here with us today. Jesus said, I have to go away. Why? Because then the Holy Spirit can come in power and accomplish things. That's how we're going to accomplish more than Jesus did. Jesus had the power of God in one. Now we have it in many. Wow. That is multiplication and that is the principle of the kingdom of God. Multiplying things. So the Lord asked me to sit back for eight years and just pray. I would see something. He said, don't say anything. Take it to me in prayer. Sometimes we have to learn that. We have to learn to keep our mouth closed and go to God in prayer. We have to know the discernment of when to say something and when not. And in that eight-year period, the Lord started to teach me that my words were powerful and how important it is to have the Holy Spirit in control of our mouths. As Kristen said, guard your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the mouth speaks. You will hear things that you say if you listen, if you have ears to hear. You will hear things you say that are in your heart. And that's where you should be taking it to God. Okay? In prayer. That's where God will deal with you. He is such a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He knows exactly how to deal with a relationship. I love the Lord for that. His ability to relate to us is incredible. And for him to be able to deal with me is kind of an interesting thing. I love to see how he deals with me. I love it. Absolutely love it. My husband's precious too. He knows how to deal with me too. And that is a God thing. But we were meant to be together, so God knows what he's doing. We can trust him with everything. And I don't have to know everything, neither do you. But guess what? There is one that does. And that's what I love about God. Let's look at what the definition of prayer is, because I teach, and so definitions are really important, and we have a slide for that. Prayer is a devout petition to God. A spiritual communion with God as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. 
It is the act or practice of praying to God. Now, the dictionary says, or some other thing. But we know there's only one God. Matthew Henry is a Bible commentator. We'll go way back into history from the 1700s. And this is what he said in his commentary about prayer. I think it's fabulous to hear from people in history. As Pastor Mark said, you know, we learn a lot from other people, from the body. He's, he was a, a very interesting guy. He was from England. And uh, from the 1700s, he said, Prayer is a spiritual sacrifice. It is the offering up of the soul and its best affections towards God. Isn't that powerful? Now, this is a man who knew, who knew conflict because he was uh, a Presbyterian, and the Presbyterians in England back then were kind of uh, for religious liberty, okay, the freedom to be in relationship with God versus the Anglican church who was more directed by the government. Okay, So I would much rather God's Spirit direct me in my relationship with Him than people. Amen? Amen? So we should look to Him. Uh, I can rattle off tons of scriptures, and I really don't want to do that, because I really want to talk to you from my heart where this is all coming. I asked the Lord, this was the most difficult message I've ever put together in my life. It would have been so much easier just to rattle off a bunch of scriptures and, Amen, squeeze, let's go home and have lunch. But my heart for you today is to somehow see one facet of who God is that was experienced through my life, some of the experiences that I had, that you can see that one facet. And I love talking to people about their relationship with the Lord because you have experiences that I love to draw from because I love the God that is relevant in you. And I hope you see the God that has been relevant and made my life magnificent. I love my life. That's, that's totally and completely been given to me by God, orchestrated since the beginning of time. My grandmother has a picture of me. I was raised Catholic, so that's an interesting facet as well. That kind of has a little impact. And Corey and I share a lot of stories because he was raised Catholic too. And so, you know, I don't despise the fact that I was raised Catholic. I know now that my parents were running from God. <laughs> and the Catholic Church was a great place to hide <laughs> and look religious. Okay? There's lots of people who are looking to be like God, but they're not really wanting to be like Him in relationship. But I was raised in the Catholic Church, and there's a picture that I had drawn when I was five years old. And as my children will tell you, I don't like getting my hands messy. And so I refused in kindergarten to finger paint. <laughs> because of that, the teacher writes home and says, Mrs. Hurd, <laughs> we are finding some resistance with your daughter. She doesn't want to stick her hands in the finger paint. She will not stick her hands in the finger paint. That was the kind of person I was. I was determined. I was direct. I was very decided as to what I would do. So I drew this picture of me standing out on a field and my hands lifted to God. And I drew a picture of the sun, and I said, God is up here. So from a very early age, I've had a very strong desire to be a Christian. But no one was telling me about him. But I was seeking. So I've got this picture of me with my hands raised, and I'm looking to God and saying, I love you, God. So that's where my heart has been from very early on. And my grandfather was a preacher. He was actually good friends with Oral Roberts. They actually hosted them. And so he would come to our house and he would preach. And he would just say the word. My grandmother said he's like a post. If you're not talking about God, he's not talking. <laughs> so there's some real you know, strength from that too. But he was the reason I got saved. He was the reason I got saved because he did preach to me, Jesus. He did teach me. But from the age of 16 to 5... I thought I wanted to be a nun. Can y'all imagine me being a nun? I loved the Flying Nun. There was a show called The Flying Nun. Yes, with Sally Fields, bless her peep and heart, and I pray for her. And so, <laughs> there's a lot of lost people out there, Pastor. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to be a nun because the desire of my heart was to be alone and in constant relationship with God. 
I wanted that desperately. And I will tell you, if I don't get that, I'm no fun to be around. I am absolutely right, Greg. No fun to be around. That is my spa treatment. That quality time with God. I mean, I go to the spa and get my nails done, and I'm preaching to all the little ba- to all the little Buddhist women, <laughs> and they all are just drawn to me. They're like, oh, Miss Sherry, she's here. <laughs> yes, and God loves you, and He has actually had opportunities for me to share with them. I look for those opportunities because if He's in you, if the greater one is in you, you can't help but Him come out. And that comes from this lifestyle of prayer and petition. Now, prayer can help us in situations, right? When we're getting to jams, that should be the number one thing that you're going to is prayer. Uh, it teaches us God's way, His will, His purpose, His plan for our life. And believe me, especially you young people, you better find it now. Find it now so that you'll be powerful the rest of your life. You know, and and, and the older we are, the harder it is to find that focus. That's why I'm excited about the Pace people being here. Very excited. But we're never too old to find the purposes and plans of God in our life. Never. Until the day we draw our last breath. There is something that you can be doing for God if it's just praying. Okay? Um, Let me turn the page here so I can keep up with my notes. Uh, I think about a lot of hymns, and Pastor, I thought about you when I was looking at some of the hymns. But some of the hymns that uh, tell us the heart of those people that wrote those, they they had many struggles. We have uh, the guy that wrote Amazing Grace. He had his great-great-great-great-grandson went to our church. And to hear him talk about, you know, the, how that came about, losing family, losing everything, like Job almost, losing your, your spouse, your children, your, your land, everything that you own, and being left with nothing. Boy, that'll draw you to God. But why don't we go to God in prayer before those things happen? That's what I say. You know, let sunshiny day, everything's wonderful in your life, we don't think about God. And my prayer since the beginning, since I was a Christian, was God help me to come to you during the sunshiny days, the happy days. Let me be on my knees like David, broken before you, and with a contrite heart and saying, I need you, God. Let that be in me now. If you don't have it, pray for it. Ask God for it. He'll do it. He's faithful. He knows we need to be at that broken place where He can put us back together so beautifully that we cannot imagine. We could never do those things. But that is the power of God and His Holy Spirit working in our lives. Amen? Amen. So we need to ask for those things. If we don't have some of these things that pastor comes up here and preaches about, well, I just don't see that in my life. Ask God for it. Pray it into your life. That's following through in prayer. And don't get weary in well-doing. And I'm preaching to the pays people right now because I'm telling you that's the word of the Lord. There are great things I'm preaching and prophesying to you now. This is the heart of God. You people will do great things if you keep your eyes on Him. If you will humble yourself before the Lord, He will lift you up and He will put you in places you could never go before. I know that's the heart of pace. Because we can't do things in our own self. We can't do it. It is through the power of God. And who gets the glory? God and God alone. And that's the way things go in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, we need to successful prayers. Let's. Oh, I, I was going to the hymns. Let me do that. So the one hymn that I was thinking about, Pastor, because our pastor is precious. He's like my twin brother. I tell you, it's just scary sometimes. He says things like, yeah, I think the same way. We both love cars. <laughs> we both were kind of raised the same way. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But um, he likes to go on walks with the Lord. How many of y'all have ever heard this thing called quiet time? 
Y'all are having quite time right now, aren't you? I'm talking. Y'all are listening. Don't you love it? <laughs> I really don't love it. I love to hear from you. But he goes on quiet walks with the Lord, and he goes down to the lake because I live there in the lake, and he says, I just walk and pray. Now, I am not as coordinated as he is, so I can't very well walk and pray. So, and I'm a little bit of a prima donna. I don't like to be outside. I like to, to look at God's wonderful nature and, and creatures and things through a glass window. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I'm just bad. I'm just really bad. And uh, so, <laughs> and I have a, a son that I've adopted from Brazil, and he, he loves the Amazon. He loves to be out in the jungle. He wants to be Tarzan. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Knock yourself out. So, <laughs> but Pastor will go outside, and I don't know how he does it. Do you still have prayer time when it's hot? Uh, you're more of a man than I could ever be. Thank goodness, because I'm a woman. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. But he goes on prayers and walks. But there's a hymn that makes me think of Pastor Mark, and it and it goes like this: And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Now, I did that for y'all's benefit because I know the young people love hymns. Right? I actually had my daughter tell me, Mom, I hate those hymns. But, you know, there's a message in that. That's talking about taking a walk with Jesus. Now, my song is, Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Feel a little prayer will turn in. Know a little fire is burning. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it right. That's me. See? That's my song. Okay? You know that Sharon's grinning from ear to ear back there. She's like, I love that. We do. We love us some old hymns. <laughs> They'll preach, won't they, Sharon? Yeah, they will. But he's like, Sharon, you're crazy. He knows because Sharon and I are like twins too. She, you guys need to get to know my friend Sharon and Buddy Barry back there. They came today and I just love them. We've known them for a long time. But those hymns can actually preach to you. So if you don't want to sing them and you don't know them, open up a hymn book and just read them. Some of y'all can't sing anyway. So (laughs) bless your pee-picking hearts. But you know the Lord said to make a joyful noise. And He loves it. And I do too. Just, I just have a real keen ear being off tune. I probably was really off tune. I could hear it a little bit. But you know my heart is right before the Lord. It's about it's about Jesus. And and there's another one and I wanted to read a little bit of it to you and it goes sweet hour of prayer sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief. And off escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. Everything we need is in Him. And we get it. And, and it's very interesting, Dino, you know, because worship, prayer, Bible reading and prophesying and all these wonderful things that can happen are only coming to us through prayer. And if you're not using your word when you're praying, then you might be praying amiss. And I want to talk about that too. Okay? Because that's, that's going to be something to look at. But let's look at successful prayers. What are, what are successful prayers look like? They definitely have to be in agreement with God's word. 
And you have to come to Him in faith, believing that He will. In 1 John 5:14 through 15 says, Now there is confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, these are the steps. You've got to know He hears you first. And then secondly, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. God is faithful. He is faithful to do the very best for you. I know that. When I look at you, when I look at people, that's one of the struggles that I have. Is I look at people and I think, hmm, God, is that the best for them? Is that the very best for them? Because to me, that is his heart. Is that you have the best and I have the best and he's perfect at working it out. They never conflict. Isn't that amazing? That is God. He's amazing. He can do that. He can work all those things together for good. Oh, not just some. Not just for Rhonda and me. Right? But he works it all. He works it for Randy and Randy. Where'd Randy go? Randy. Randy and Randy. Yeah. And he'll work it for every single person. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit and I love about God. He is able to make all those things come together. Amen? And for Pays this year, he's going to do that. All those things, people, are going to come together. Trust him. Believe him for it. Amen? I'm telling you, I've got some childlike faith for that stuff. Jesus said we have to have childlike faith. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. You just believe it because He said it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work out physically or in physics must be. It doesn't matter if chemistry or biology or history. It's His story anyway. And He made it. I teach history. And that's what I tell my students. I said, you're going to learn about what God has done throughout history. And you're not going to repeat the same mistakes some of these other people did. Look at Hebrews 4.12. I love the Christian Home and Bible. That's what uh, uh, my other look-alike kind of person, Beth Moore, bless her little pay-picking heart. She talks about the Christian Home and Bible. It's really good. The uh, Hebrews chapter four verse twelve says, "For the word of God is living." Ah, uh, that will preach right there. Hmm. It is alive, moving, shaking, and doing. Amen? It is living and effective. This is just the Word of God confirming what I just said. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, Paul, you may have to tell us what that two-edged sword means. Because I'm telling you, it goes in and cuts, and it cuts when it comes out, right? But it heals people. That's what I know. When the Lord cuts something out, it, you come away better than you went in before. Amen? Penetrating as far as divining the soul. I always say this. I can believe anything. Because God can even conquer death in your life. Even if you die, I believe God can do something. There's nothing that's limiting Him. There's nothing limiting His kingdom. Who's limiting Him? We are. We are because we're not believing. But penetrating as far as dividing the soul, spirit, joints, marrow... And it is a judge of the ideas and thoughts of our heart. And we should study, as Timothy says, to show ourselves approved. A workman in the kingdom of God, not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Holy Spirit is here to reveal that truth to us. And it's our job to work with Him and find that place. Because he promises also, if you diligently seek him, what? You will find him. You will find him. Praise God. Uh, In faith, believing is the second thing that God will answer. When God says something, we either believe him or we don't. There is no in between. I wore black and white just for this purpose. I either have on black or I have on white. There's no in between. And there's no doubting that my lipstick is red. Right? Very precise. God's Word is very precise. And we either believe Him or we don't. 
This is my favorite scripture. When I pray, I pray the Word of God because that is what is effective. I can come up with all kinds of crazy things to pray about. But in that eight years that the Lord told me to sit back, He said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And this was the scripture that came to my mind was Isaiah 55:11. So shall my word be that goes forth. I want you to picture in your mind. Because God actually draws pictures with His words very clearly. But I want you to see this. God's Word. Here's God's Word for you today. He loves you unfailingly. That's His Word coming forth to you right now. I want you to grab it and I want you to take it and believe Him for it. That He will prove that in your life. When I asked the Lord, my kids used to do this, it's so funny. Mama, what is God saying to you about me? How many of us have done that? What did the Lord say about me to you? They would ask me, Mama, what is God saying? I say, okay, well, let me pray and let me ask Him. And every single time that I would close my eyes and bow my head, the Father would say, I love them. I love them more than words can say. And I need them to know that my love for them will never end. And that everything in their lives that is good is going to be because of me. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. And it shall not return to me, says the Lord, void without producing any effect or useless. It's not going to go out there and be like our words. They go out there and just go, blah, 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 Useless blabbling, right? Like Charlie Brown. But it's going to go out and it's not going to return to the Lord void. It's going to produce and be effective and useful. Shall accomplish that Lord pleases. That which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing with which I sent it. I almost see the Lord saying, there is nothing that will come back missing, broken, or wrong. He can't. He's, it's impossible for God to be wrong. Who is he? Is he the son of a man that he should repent and be sorry for what he does? Absolutely not. Because he will do it. He will do it. And when he sends a word... For Levi, yes, Miss Sherry's looking at you. I love you. I see God in you, and I see the preciousness of who God's made you. But when he sends that word forth on you, and he says this thing about you, he will do it. You can take it to the bank. Amen? Amen. Count on it. You better count on it, because I'm going to pray. And I want my prayers to be effective for you. Mark, precious Mark, I think of my pastor Mark every time I see this, but Mark eleven twenty three says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, you have something in your life that seems to be a struggle that is causing you to be blocked, whatever it is, a mountain, a barricade, prayed this morning for Adrian, that the barricades would just fall by the wayside. Amen? And that she just truck on through, baby. No momentum lost. That's a good prayer, isn't it? That if you say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. That's just the way it is in God's kingdom. That's the way you pray. That's the way it works. I think it's interesting that, that they said that the, that the mountain should be passed into the sea. When something goes into the sea, it's not like an iceberg or a tip of it showing to remind you. It's in the sea, and you don't see it anymore. The memory of it goes away. The trouble completely goes away. I see, I see that picture of what God's trying to say here is that He not only will remove it from you, but you won't even see it anymore. You won't see the effects of it. And like the children of Israel, when they went into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
when they went into the fiery furnace, what happened? They didn't even come out smelling like smoke, people. We need to be able to believe God to do that in our lives. And we'll come out of our situations and our circumstances, and I'm going over time, aren't I, Pastor? Let's end with that last slide, guys, because there's so many. I got seven pages of scriptures. <sighs> yeah. So much. And, you know, I really prayed and asked the Lord exactly how it was um, that I was supposed to preach to you. And there's so much in my heart. There's just so much in my heart. And there's so many things that we could cover and so many things I want to share with you. Not because I want to be the one sharing, but I want to share it with you because I want you to grow and I want you to flourish in the kingdom of God. And I want you to draw on 30 years of experience. Amen. Amen. <laughs> of walking through the fire and all the water and God bringing me out. But let's go to that last one, Paul. Yeah, uh, No, before that, the cowboy's picture. I want to share with you something. The Lord uh, speaks to us in visions and dreams and, and things like that. And uh, this was something I felt like I was supposed to share. How many of y'all know who Emmett Smith is? How many know who the cowboys are? I know all the Brits are going, rugby. But you're in Texas, baby. It's cowboy season, okay? It's cowboy land. Amen, Corey? God bless the cowboys. Well, let me tell you about the cowboys. It's really interesting because their stadium was built in Irving, and it was built with a hole in the ceiling. And this one now in Arlington is built with a hole in the ceiling too. The purpose for that was literally because they wanted God to watch his team. Isn't that precious? I mean, it's kind of silly. But that's what they put that hole in the roof for. There was no roof. And it was bad news playing in that thing too, I'm sure. I don't know because I don't get out. So, <laughs> But I will sit in my armchair and watch it. So the Lord gave me a vision. And this is just kind of give you an example of, of how you can process things and grow and, and things. But, and I love God's ability to speak to us in so many facets of ways. And I just love the interesting ways that God speaks to us. But he gave me a vision. I'm in this uh, like a, a, a camera boom in the ceiling. And I come down through the hole in the old stadium stadium because this was in 98 and um, so I'm on this camera boom and so this is what I, the vision I'm saying I'm coming down through this little hole this is during the 8 year period I mean the 10 year period and I'm coming down through this little hole and I see I'm in the stadium but there's no people there there's no crowd there's no anybody it's empty except I can see in the distance as I come down through the hole there's this man standing out there in the field and and he's standing down there in his uniform, just like you see there. And it's actually that number that the Lord showed me, which is interesting in and of itself. But God gives us dreams and visions so that we'll turn around and go, hmm, what was that about, God? So, <laughs> and I didn't learn that very quickly, but I'll tell you about that. So the vision was is that I basically was on this camera boom, and I came down, and I came towards this man. And I didn't see a face. I didn't see much of anything, but I could... You know, peripheral tell it was a cowboy uniform and it was blue and white and gray and all this stuff. So I come down and it scans down to his feet. Starts at the feet. And I see the football shoes and I see the socks and it's panning up the player. And I can tell he's standing like this, which to me says kind of authority, right? I am here. Listen to me. Type thing. So um, he's standing at a place of authority. And so I pan up and <laughs> it's so funny. I see the football, I mean, the muscles and all that, which is, you know, very muscular. And, and so come up, and I see the number 22, okay? I see that number 22, and I see the arms like this. And under one arm is the helmet, okay? And it's obviously a Dallas Cowboy helmet. And under the under, other arm is this brown thing. And I thought, it's football, right? Because it's a football player. So, and as I pan up, I see that's a Bible, in his hand, in the right hand. Very significant. And the helmet's in the left, this protection, because we need it in our physical life's protection. But the authority of the word was in the right hand. And I scan up, and even the arms are black. B, you'll love this. The arms are black, and I scan up, and it comes up to the shoulder pads, and it's very muscular, very football-looking. 
And then all of a sudden, boom, hit the button, Paul. Hit the button, Paul. Boom. I kid you not. My face is on the head of that man's body. Now you might think, but God is faithful. Immediately he said to me, the Lord, I heard his voice say, I'm going to make you a professional prayer. Not player, prayer. That's God's words. And the confused state that I was in, I didn't know if it was bad pizza or what. I didn't know. (laughs) You know I'm humbling myself putting my picture on that face. But the place that I was in, I was confused and I wasn't sure. And I just was stunned. (laughs) I didn't know what to think. Okay. So I walked away. Okay. And two weeks later, two weeks later, I went back to the Lord about this vision. I just said it. You know these shelves back here where the trophies are? It was like a shelf in my spiritual life. I set it on the shelf and I said, okay, no big deal, God. (laughs) I don't know what that means. But two weeks later, I finally got around to getting to the Lord about this. And I said, you know, God, that's been bugging me. It's been eating at me. That's the Holy Spirit. He said, what, what was up with that thing? This was the direction the Lord was taking me. He said, I want to teach you to be a professional prayer by praying my words. If you learn to pray God's words, you will pray His heart, which will get answers. And that's what the Lord was trying to teach me is that you know my word, you love my word, you, 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 you preach my word, you love it, you, you, you spend time in it, you read it. But how many of you spend time reading the word and you just don't get it? That's normal. It's growth. Because once you do get it, it's powerful. And it will be effective. And that's the scripture that says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We don't want to waste our time in prayer. We don't have time to pray to begin with, do we, people? We really don't take time to pray. We do need to be praying without ceasing. Have that constant prayer going in your mind. Have it constantly. That's the battlefield. That right there is the enemy's only way that he can conquer you. And if this is constantly praying, guess what? You will slay giants. You will slay giants. And you will sit back and go, Whoa, God did a great thing. You know you didn't do it. You know there's no way you could do it. You'll be like the sons of Sceva and the devil will be all over you. Don't go out there trying to be Benny Hinn or whoever and whatever. You better be who God made you to be, who God called you to be, And you better be in line with what His Word has said about you. Or you will be like the sons of Sceva and the devil will just have a heyday on you. Don't be afraid. God's protecting you. It's His grace, His mercy. John 15, 14. This is the last slide, Paul. All this is about relationship with God. I love this cartoon. John 15, 14 says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I don't know about you, but I want to be God's friend. What an awesome buddy to have. On your side, day and night, he never sleeps, he never slumbers. He watches me snore every night when I do get sleep. Right, Greg? But the cartoon says, prayer is a conversation between friends. And the friend is saying, God, it's been a really hard day. That's where you should be. You should crawl up into Father God's lap and say, Oh, Lord, help me. You know, that's the place. How many of you have parents that you talk to and you work things out by talking to them? Yeah, that's a good thing. You should. That's the way it is with God. He wants to be that Abba Father that you say, Ah, Daddy, oh, I love you. You know? 
hey ho, daddy oh, I need you right now. You know, God has a sense of humor. Believe me, He has to to have created somebody like me. So, but crawl up in the, to, to the Lord's lap and just tell Him your heart. Tell Him what you're thinking. Tell Him your fears. Tell Him your concerns. He knows before you even tell Him. But guess what? It's good for you to say it out loud to Him. My pastor used to say he would set in his living room, he would set a chair for him and he'd set a chair for Jesus. And he said, I would just have this empty chair and I would speak to it as if Jesus was sitting right there. And he said, just have a conversation with him and just talk to him and tell him what I was thinking, even though he knows everything I'm thinking. But it was good for him, it's good for us to hear our spirit man hears what we're saying and we can work out and kind of let God be a sounding board for us. And guess what? Eventually, He'll talk to you because God isn't going to do it one way. But He's not going to share with you if you're not going to be coming to Him. It won't happen. He's very jealous of your time. Okay? And He's not going to waste His time or yours. So go to Him and share with Him. Now, if you don't know Him, then that's the first step. Amen? Amen. You've got to know Him. And you've got to do, as I said at the very beginning, going back all the way to the beginning, that I came to God broken and realizing, as Romans says, we all have sinned and fallen short. It's like if I were to do a long jump, I would fall short every time. Right? Of that record. But all of us have. None of us have the ability to make ourselves righteous before God and perfect like He is. So we have to come to Him who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to heal our, our hearts and make us sons of God. So we have to come to Him. Let's pray. Okay? It, I, I used to be a youth pastor. One of the things I would say to people is I'd say, I don't care if you have been a Christian. If you'll notice when pastor prays that prayer at the end of every service and gives everyone an opportunity to come to Jesus, I pray that. I pray that with my whole heart because you, Paul said you wish you, we should work out our salvation daily. And I need to be saved every day. Not just on Sundays, but every day. And I need Him. If you need Him, will you pray with me? Pray with your heart and talk to Him like a friend that He wants you to be. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, would you just pray that repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, we really do know that we are sinners and that we don't quite meet up to your perfection. God, would you come into our hearts? Would you renew our lives? By the power of the Holy Spirit, come into our heart and change us, Lord. We need you, God. And we ask in Jesus' name that you would be the God, the King, and the Master of our lives. We, we, we know now that we are saved because you have promised and you are faithful, God. And we long for the day when we will see you face to face. And Lord, help us to have the relationship with you here so that when we do see you, we will know you and you will know us. By Jesus' blood, we are saved. Amen. Praise God. If you said that prayer from your heart and meant it like you would say it, then God is faithful. And there's something going on in the spirit world right now. And I didn't even get to get into that, Pastor, with prayer. What happens in the spirit world when we pray. There's so many things. But if you said that, the angels are rejoicing and having a party. I see confetti. I see balloons flying and excitement because one has come home to the Father 
And now you are accepted in God's beloved family because you prayed, because you believed. Okay? You accept, believe, and confess. And if you did for the first time, come up and tell me. I promise I won't tell anybody unless you want me to. That's one of the things you'll learn about me is that I hold dear the value of holding those secrets. And God knows that. God knows that about me. I'll take it to prayer before I'll say anything. So thank you so much for this for this opportunity to share with you. I hope you've learned more about who Miss Sherry is. You guys kind of have ideas, I'm sure. But really the bottom line is I love my God. And he is incredibly awesome. And I hope you get to know him like I tell my children. I hope you get to know him and love him more than I do. Carry on. Be better than me. That's what I want to see. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come up, and he's going to pronounce a blessing, a prayer over you that I believe will impact your week this week. Amen. God bless you.